Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Chris Schubert. We're from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday episode of the show. We're brought to you by Bet Online, folks. It's here. The college basketball Final Four is upon us. And if you're looking to wager on these games or the national championship, head on over to betonline.net on your desktop or mobile device. Sign up today, and if you do, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use our promo code Believe. To get started, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the very best source for sports wagering, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. So see what everyone is talking about. Sign up today, BetOnline, where the game starts. Christopher Schubert. Yes, sir. It's a happy Friday. It is a happy Friday, it so happy Friday least, to you. It is my least favorite day of the year, um, April by Fools. Far. Yeah, yeah, I just I, I don't I don't I don't like it. Um, I don't. The internet is a landmine as it is with mm. with stuff, and I just don't like people who take joy in creating anxiety for other people, and that's really what April Fools has become. So I, I'm out on this. I'm out on this um, as a holiday, but it is it is United States Men's Soccer World Cup Draw Day, so that is lifting my spirits here on a Friday. And we are recording this before the draw, so if you're listening to this later mm-hmm. and the draw's already happened, I, I don't know what it is yet. So yesterday I did a radio segment with my good friends at WFNZ here in Charlotte, 610 AM, Nick Wilson, the host, and he put me on the spot. And I thought to myself, I'm going to put Chris on the spot with the Love exact it. same thing that he gave me. Right. And so, Chris, do you know who Eric Church is? The country music artist. Yes. Are you familiar with what he's done? recently that's in the headlines i am i am not yeah so eric church uh carolina guy right born and raised granite falls north carolina shout out he's a unc basketball fan okay and as you know this is the 258th meeting between duke and north carolina this weekend and the first time ever that they've ever played in the tournament so this is pretty crazy right it's obviously coach k's last hurrah big deal right yeah, and so absolutely. as a big-time Carolina basketball fan, Eric Church canceled his show this weekend in San Antonio okay. to attend this basketball game. So first of all, I'd love to get your thoughts on his decision to do that because, you know, there's there's people that have been waiting for this concert that have probably had travel arrangements, flights, hotels, all kinds of things lined sure. up for this concert. And my guy said, you know what? I'm not even going to act like I've done something like in terms of I having a sickness or an injury, something, right? Something preventing me. I'm telling you straight up, my heart's with Carolina basketball. I want to be there, and I don't care. I don't care that you play, paid for the plane ticket and the airfare and, and everything else. I won't be there this weekend. This is tough, but I don't think I have a problem with it because I'm here to tell you right now <laughs> as we sit here on this show, the Mets make the World Series this year. I ain't going to be on the show that week. 
when they play <laughs> at City Field. I ain't gonna be I ain't gonna be on this show. My box is not gonna pop up in the middle over there. It's just not gonna happen. And by the way, this is as difficult as Kyle says to be able to point in which direction <laughs> you wanna you wanna point in. I wouldn't be here. Now I will say it, it is I think there 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 are caveats to this, right? As long as everybody who bought a ticket ticket, not the airfare or the hotel, but a ticket to the mm-hmm. show is either going to get their money refunded or their ticket is going to be honored when he obviously goes back to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Th- that has to be an important part of this. Now, to your point, Joe, there are people who spent money on, on hotels, there are money who spent money on flights, but I got to tell you, you take that risk regardless. Mm-hmm. You, That's and, what my and, wife said. My in wife post, said that. In this post-pandemic world that we live in, no matter what event you buy tickets for, you run the risk. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to Vegas in the month of May after the draft for a wrestling event. I well, There's a hotel bought. We're driving up there. I have all this stuff bought. I know going in that I am rolling the dice that if they cancel that show, I've now bought a hotel and I've got nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to go to Vegas and probably have myself a good time. And so people mm-hmm. can still go to San Antonio and have a good time. You're just not going to be able to go to the Eric Church concert. I have zero problem with this as a sports fan. As long as the tickets are either refunded or honored at a later date, I have no problem with this whatsoever. And for Eric Church, like, what's the real, what is he really losing? He's going to piss off a few thousand people for this concert. But at the end of the day, he's going to keep making country music. He's going to keep selling records. He's going to keep selling out stadiums. And guess what? He's also going to get a chance to go watch North Carolina in the Final Four. But the question that where Nick put me on the spot, I still haven't put you on the spot. Here it is. What have you done in your life to call out of work? And like, what was the excuse? Like you were legitimately not sick. What did you do instead of go to work, but called in and said, Hey, I can't come because I'm sick today. So While nothing, you think I'll get, okay, well, you got it. I, no, I've, I've got my answer because it's nothing during my TDN tenure, but at, at a previous of stop. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, TDN, I work all the time. Um, it, it was at a stop that we previously worked at together. Um, and it was, it was funny enough. It was March madness. And, uh, I had my roommate who's, you know, I live with now. He was actually in town to watch uh, one day of March Madness at my house. We had all the TV set up. We had all ready to go. And uh, my excuse for not being able to drive the 35 minutes to the office was, sorry, guys, my car's in the shop. I don't have, you know, I got to get my tire <laughs> fixed. I'm just going to work from home today. Zero work was accomplished. Zero work was done. My laptop stayed up on the table just in case something uh, was required. But that bad boy was HDMI to the TV uh, and it had a bunch of a bunch of games on it. So yeah, I l- listen. I'm very transparent. Like if I got something going on, I just tell you I'm not going to be around. Like I'm yeah. very open yeah. and honest about it. But that's the one time I tried to circumnavigate the rules a little bit. Um. So you know me well enough to know that I'm like not. A, I can't really lie. I'm. It's not. I'm not wired to do it. Yeah, so I've, I've do never. It. I've never actually called out of work and, and gave an excuse. So the best thing that I could tell you is that I used to work retail. And, you know, this place that I worked was open on Sundays and I was the manager of the store. And so what I did is I had an arrangement with one of my employees that did not like football, didn't care about it at all. And I said, I'm never going to schedule to work on a Sunday, but I'm going to pay you an amount of money that I'm not comfortable disclosing right now that any time that there is NFL football on Sundays, that you guarantee me that I will never get a phone call, a question, get called into work, nothing. You will always handle that for me, and I will never be bothered on a Sunday where there's NFL football. And we did this for like eight years in a row. 
So you would you would you would you would be scheduled to work. No, I would never be scheduled to work. I set the schedule. But as the manager of the store, guess what? If somebody calls off, guess who goes in? You. You do, right? And I oh. needed to make sure this was never going to happen to me. Whoa. This, somebody's I, grandparent passed away, I'm not going in. Somebody's car, what, whatever scenario that would keep a college student or, you know, they, whatever age group, that was kind of the age group, would prevent somebody from calling in to work on a Sunday, I would never be bothered because I paid this person. And everyone on staff knew it. Everyone I on staff to, said, yeah. I need to know the amount of money. And I know you're not going to disclose I'll tell you the, after show, the show, but I I'll tell you need to show. know how much that was. Um, okay, that very fun start to the show, but I've got a lot of takes. Can we can we Let's start firing away? Uh, please, I'm, please, I'm please. Both, I'm both the take master and the responder of the takes today. It's a very weird role that I find myself in. And I've got a couple. There, there are people who got in early. And that's been a, that's mm-hmm. been a very trendy thing lately. Before the tweet goes out from either you or Kyle uh, for the takes, the people sneak them in early. So I'm going to reward the people who have some takes early in the week. And again, if you send a take early in the week, you are you know at risk of getting ridiculed because it's it becomes a old takes <laughs> exposed very quickly. But if you get it in, yeah. it's good. We'll we'll read it here on the show. Uh, this one from Tell, and I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts on this one. Traylon Burks is closer to Corel Patterson as a prospect than many want to admit. And I got to tell you, Joe, if Traylon Burks, this is my immediate thought, if Traylon Burks is Correll Patterson in the National Football League, sign me up. I'm fine with that. Man, uh, that's so interesting to me because I don't really think of them similarly at all. What I respect, what I really respect about where he's going with this is I think that they are both players that thrive with manufactured touches and winning in space. But I don't see Traylon Burks with the same returnability. I don't see the same yards after catchability. I don't see the handoff upside with with Traylon Burks and Burks in the NFL because I don't think he's that explosive or that elusive to make it work like Patterson does. I mean, Patterson's one of the most dangerous players in the NFL with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we're ever going to say that about Traylon Burks. And I think the way Arkansas used Traylon Burks opens up these types of conversations, but there is a discrepancy in the actual athletic profile and ability with the ball in their hands when you compare Patterson to Burks and uh, our, our good friend assistant general manager to Joe Marino Sam responded to this tweet and said LaVisca Chenault so I'm going to ask you an amended take rank the three players Traylon Burks mm. Cordero Patterson LaVisca Chenault from a from obviously this context of not what they are in the National Football League but the context of them as prospects when you consider the skill set that people are trying to associate with Traylon Burks it's so that's such a weird range of players because we've seen enough of Cordero Patterson to kind of know what he is in the NFL, and now there's this running back wrinkle. You have Lavisca Chanel, who we all are very interested in, and we loved what he saw. We saw at Colorado. We love some of the flashes in the NFL, but he hasn't really accomplished anything. And He's then there's Traylon Burks, who's yeah, it's like is not even in the NFL yet, and is one of the weirdest evaluations I've done to this point because for a wide receiver prospect, he just doesn't win routes with any level of consistency, and so like. It, they're they're hard and so i guess well, can can i pin myself in this direction like which ones i would want most for my offense next year i'm good with that okay. yes i would rank them patterson chenault burks and and i i think i tend to agree although in the long term i think i'd rather the visca chenault like i still think there's a ton of untapped potential there and i think if he gets to a place with a good scheme and maybe it is with doug peterson this year in jacksonville but it just seems that that room's getting really crowded down there in jacksonville and he's gonna yeah. be the odd guy out because he was the odd guy out last year when he probably shouldn't have been um but yeah i think i would agree with you uh, with your their place. landing spot all three of those guys are landing spot dependent 
You know, right, and I think, and I'll tell you what, it, it's not his fault, but the, the thing that doomed Traylon Burks is when everybody started to say, "Oh, he's the next Debo Samuel." That 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 yeah. was the, that was the it was he was doomed from that point forward because he's just not that player. He's just not. He's not. He's not. He's he's a good player, and I think he could he sure. could find a role in an offense. But it just, when you put that type of lofty comparison out there, just it was just bad from the get go. Uh, this take from Shane: The Pats will be looking to move on from Mac Jones within three seasons due to his physical limitations. Yeah, the Patriots knew what they signed up for when they drafted him. Like you, you knew that this wasn't an athletic quarterback with a big arm. That that's not new information. That's never that's never going to be a, a new information. You drafted Mac Jones because you like the way he fits the style of offense that you want to play, and that you feel like there's a baseline level of skill there and mental processing and accuracy that leads you to believe that you can have this very stabilizing quarterback where if your defense is good, if your run game is good, then you have your answer. So if that's the Patriots' plan, then I I would question their entire decision to make him a first-round draft pick because he he was exactly what he thought we thought he would be. Now, the question is, what is his path to getting better? And maybe that comes with more time on task and you're just becoming better in terms of mental processing and, and seeing the defense and – really rely on him winning with his mind because he's not going to win with physical skill. That's never going to be his game. And you also think, well, let's get the supporting cast better where the run game, the offensive line was really good last year, but the receiving talent wasn't there. And so you think to yourself, well, hey, if we get the receiving core around him to go with the run game and to go with his accuracy and mental processing, then this can be our starting quarterback. But if that's why they move on from him in three years, then I question the entire decision to bring him into the fray in the first place. I'll tell you what fascinates me about this show is the fact that he's not going to have Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator and play caller, and the Patriots are going with this coordinators-by-committee approach. And we are really going to see if what made Mac Jones successful last year was the scheme that Josh McDaniels was able to draw up for him or if it was Mac Jones being able to operate inside of the offensive elements that they had because – He's going to kind of be put on an island a little bit this year with the way that they're choosing to structure their coaching staff. And I think we're going to find out very quickly in the season. They are one of those teams, Joe, where you could tell me they win five games next year. You could tell me they win 11 or 12 games next year. And I wouldn't be shocked because of the play of Mac Jones is so critical to how successful they're going to be. I love that you brought up that coaching dynamic because I, I, I'm not going to ask you if you remember. I know that you remember part of what we did last year when five quarterbacks went in the first round, and I, I'm sure we're going to do it again this year, is we examined the landing spot and we ranked different components like mm-hmm. quarterback coaching and offensive coordinator, O-line, weapons, defense, the things that we talk about in terms of infrastructure that need to be in place for a quarterback to come in and be successful. And we looked at Mac Jones and we said, wow, he's got all this great stuff. Right, This is a great spot for him to step into. I wonder now how we would look at the Patriots as a landing spot, knowing what happened with the coaching situation, which has been turned completely upside down. We're talking about like Joe Judge and Bill Belichick running this offense. That's crazy. right? And they didn't really do anything. They didn't do anything to improve the personnel yet. Matt Patricia is a part of the the offense. Yeah, right. Right. How can I forget? Exactly. But like – what have they done besides lose their best offensive player in Shaq Mason and their best defensive player in J.C. Jackson? What has this right. team and, done? And I think that's why you see the popular theme of them grabbing a receiver in the first round. They spent a lot of money revamping that room. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, 
um, Nelson Aguilar. I couldn't think of his name for Kendrick second. Bourne, right? They Kendrick gave these Bourne. guys money. All of this money invested into a group that they did not get that kind of return from the money. Now, maybe it takes a year to gel and they're better in year two, but you're, re you're removing some of the infrastructure that worked, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that concerns me. It's why it's such a wide range all over the place for how I feel about this team. Uh, this is a take you earmarked. You said, got to get this one yep. in, Chris, please. Yep. It's from Bobby Scoops. Banana peppers are a top five food topping. And then he goes further to say what foods they belong on. Pizza, mm -hmm. burgers, casserole, chicken, and tacos. I will let, do you want, you, you seem to be struggling over there. Would you like me to No, I got what first? I needed. I got what okay. I needed. I got what is I needed. It, is it the poop hat? Because you don't have the poop hat. And I'd I don't like have the to, poop hat. I don't have the poop hat. It better not be the approval maraca because we're going to fight on the show if it is. No. Yeah, let's go. I love this one. Banana peppers are fantastic. Put them on salads. Put them on pizza. Just pepperoni and banana peppers. Maybe some mushrooms, but that's really all I need on a pizza. You put them on a sub. You put them on a taco. You put them in casseroles. Banana peppers, low-key, one of the most underrated condiments that exist out there. They make everything better. It's just too. It's it. You've taken two bad toppings to put on food, and you've put them together. What are you talking? What's the other bad topping? Because bananas would be bad on their own, and peppers would be bad on their own. Do you think banana peppers taste no, like bananas? No, but it just, you, where, the, where are you going with that? Because it's called a banana pepper, and so my my brain immediately went to I don't want bananas on my food, I don't want peppers on my food, so I'm out on. Have you had peppers. a banana pepper? They don't I taste have. like bananas. They're bad because peppers are bad. There's a taste oh. for you. Peppers are bad. No, you're kidding. You don't like like pickled jalapenos? I, I do, red I do pepper not, on a salad? I do not like the texture of a pepper. That's the problem I have with peppers. Texture them out. So you don't like anything that's like crispy? That's not true. That's not true. A nice crispy slice of pizza, a little, a little crispy crust I'm in. That's a different type of crisp. Okay, you said I don't like things that are crispy. Fried chicken. Good, Nobody good thinks of pizza as crispy. That's not an adjective okay. associated with pizza by anybody in the world. Because people people are eating bad pizza. There's another take for oh me because there are God. people that aren't eating good pizza in the world. Oh this is a bad God. take by Bobby, by the way. Banana peppers are no. very bad. Elite take. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. This take from NFL with Bofa, and I know what he's okay. going for, but I'm not going to go down that road. Charles Cross is ultimately going to be the, the best tackle in both the 2021 and 22 classes. 
Silky Smooth Operator in Pass Pro from a wide range of stances, understands timing, landmarks, and angles, and does a great job getting in his bull rush technique when needed. So my guy just came out here and said that Charles Cross is going to be a better player than Rashawn Slater, Penny Sewell, Evan Neal, Ikemi Kwanu, Trevor Penning. He said Charles Cross. He did. The best. He did. That's what he came out and said. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. I think it's, a, it's an aggressive take. I don't agree with it. It's an aggressive take, but I understand what he's saying. Like, he is silky smooth. He's bigger than we thought. He's got good length. He does understand Langles. And, and, like, for a guy that didn't take a ton of, like, any vertical sets, to be honest with you, at Mississippi State, you could still see his ability to frame blocks is really, really special. And so, while I'm not going to, like, go out and, and say I agree I will say that this isn't that crazy, and I understand where he's coming from. Uh, can I? I'm going to piggyback this with another take from Tell. The offensive yeah. tackle class doesn't have a big three; it has a big four. Do you want to? Na- do you want to try to guess the four that he put down on this list? Because I'm I'm heated. I'm a little okay. Hot with so this take. I'm guessing it's not the four that I would say because that would be Equanu, Neil, Cross, and Penning. He's so got somebody th- else in It's there. three of those four. It's Eichem, it's Neil, it's Cross, and then it's somebody else. Now, I like this player a lot. He's somebody that somebody I've earmarked. Else. He's somebody I've earmarked for my team with either 35 or 38 in lieu of taking a tackle at four. It's a player that I like a lot for what he could be, but not a guy that I would give me Trevor Penning over this guy any day of the week. Uh, Falele? No, no, no. Do I talk about this player ever? I, like, I think he's. A, I think he was a player in Kyle's region, and he presented him on an episode of Draft Dudes. Petit Friere? No, smaller school. Oh, is it Bernard Raymond? Bernard Raymond, yeah. Like the player, not in the Big Four conversation for me. I think he's a guard. You think he needs? I to think fly he might inside? be a guard. Yeah, he'd be a great fit for the Jets. So that's a good. That's a good. I like their other tackle there, Luke Godeke, who's also I think a guard. Central Michigan had a couple of good players there. I think our day two picks, but so wait, wait. So he's, he's bumping penning out and putting Raymond in. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't co-sign that. No, I can't either. I can't, but like, here's the thing, dude. One thing that I've, I've been through enough NFL drafts to realize that it's never chalk. It's never just the, the way I see it. Right. Like things happen differently. Things progress differently. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that this, this dude's nuts, but for me, I don't see it that same way. Take from Sam, assistant general manager. Tampa Bay's Byron Lefwich, Todd Bowles, and Larry Foote will all be coaching as head coaches on different staffs before 2027 when mm-hmm. Bowles' new five-year contract is supposed to end. I, this, take is a, this take is a whirlwind because is the argument that Todd Bowles is going to be a head coach somewhere else? So, the, so, so Todd Bowles... No, I think he's saying... Bowles is going to stay in Tampa, and these three guys are. By the time his five-year deal is up, these three guys are going to be head coaches somewhere else. Tampa Bay's Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, and Larry Foote will all be coaching as head coaches on different staffs before 2027, when Bowles' yeah. five new five-year contract is supposed to end. Okay, so Todd can stay in Tampa in this scenario. Yeah. I was having a tough time with the idea of yeah. Todd being a head coach somewhere else because if this doesn't work in Tampa, I don't think he's getting another shot again anywhere. Else. Sure, sure. Um. Byron's probably getting a job next year if he wants one, right? Mm-hmm. He almost he basically had the Jacksonville job handed to him this year. Right. He wanted. He's, He's going to have another pass. great year with Tom Brady. That will happen this year. 
I don't know enough about Larry as a coach to to speak eloquently on I this. I think so. He's he's going to be kind of a dual, right? Like he's one of the co-defensive coordinators the co -defensive this year. And if like he's on that track, like think Mike Tomlin type trajectory okay. for him. I think so. Okay. Especially I, I, because I think I mean, I not I I don't know if I think or I hope. Maybe it's more hope, but I I I feel like there's some really good momentum right now. Man, this might blow up in my face, but I feel like there's a decent amount of momentum right now for teams getting more serious about these some of these minority candidates. And, and I feel like those are really strong candidates, to be honest with you. This take from Football Data by Jake. Both Alave and Wilson get drafted ahead of London and Williams. London is at least the fourth wide receiver taken. London is at least the fourth wide receiver taken? Man, I'd say that's unlikely. I, I don't think it's crazy, but I'd say it's unlikely because I feel like the NFL, like there's a lot of big media buzz on Drake London. And that's yeah, usually we, because it aligns with the league. Which teams, yeah, which teams are going to covet that big target red zone threat can go up and get it kind of guy, right? I mean, that's Atlanta? the question you got to. Could Atlanta pick him? I mean, the Jets could certainly pick him. I don't, I don't right. love the, the, I don't love the, the noise there. I don't, I think that's a little bit media driven. I don't know necessarily if Drake London would be the guy. They just, try, they just tried to trade for Tyreek Hill, right? Like, and I know Tyreek Hill's a bit of a unicorn, but like Drake London is not Tyreek Hill. Like, those True. are not the same player, right? Now, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, the other guys that they're interested in, yeah, I think more kind of fit that that kind of player. Um, if would Washington get that kind of threat for Carson Wentz if they wanted to go receiver? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I could buy that, right? They already have Terry McLaurin, and so they could get a more of a big-bodied guy that can go up and get it. Uh, yeah, I, I, the Saints, they could use a guy like that probably. But the fourth wide see, it's there's tough a when, lot you're, of when you're so specific about this that like yeah. fourth wide receiver, like I could see him being the third receiver taken. I'll take the field. I'll take the field on him being at least the fourth wide receiver <laughs> taken. I'll do a Joe Marino. Pro Pro tip to submitting takes is don't make it have so many layers that we get hung up and say, well, that that dismisses it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree. Because if you would have just said that the if the take was just the first two receivers off the board are Wilson and Alave, I'd say I can get on board. Yeah, I get on board with that. Yeah. But I just I watched out. What did I do? I was watching. Who did I watch today for uh, TDN? Um, where's my notes? What was, player was this? It was four players. You watched... Uh, you oh, it was Michael Wright. I was watching Michael Wright, the Oregon okay. corner today, and I watched the Ohio State game, and I gained even more of an appreciation for Chris Olave specifically after that game, man. He was awesome. Um, the, I have two takes from Josiah that I want to get into. The first one, because we did not talk about this on the show, and I'm stunned that it didn't come up in, by Kyle, at least in some capacity. I, I would assume by this point, Joe, you are aware of the... The, the slap her around the world by Will Smith to Chris Rock at the Oscars, right? You, you're you're well aware of yeah. this? Yeah, I, I think so, I'm more, I'm aware and annoyed by it, yes. Okay, and me too. And so Josiah's yeah. take is, and he used the wrestling term in here, so I'll explain this to you if you don't know what this Thank means. Thank you. But he said, he said the Will Smith slap was a work. And what that means in wrestling parlance is everybody was in on the joke. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Josiah, immediately when I first saw it, when I saw Will Smith first laugh at the joke, get up, slap, uh, Chris Rock looked like a pulled slap, looked like he didn't actually hit him. The way he was laughing when he was going back to his seat. I even thought the outburst when he was screaming at Chris Rock, I thought that was a, a thing. The moment he went up on stage and gave his speech, I flipped that this was real. And everybody's reaction afterwards, this was real. Uh, I, 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 it, was a, it was a bad look for, for Will Smith and basically the, 
Oscars as a whole. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm out on this take as a, as a work. I was there originally. My wrestling brain has trained me enough to where I'm always looking for an angle for something to be a storyline, but this was not a storyline. So with that being said, I, I'm going to segue into his next take. I just wanted to talk about that on the show. Yeah. And he says this take is just because Kyle isn't here, he's going to stir the pot a little bit. And I love this. Takes on takes is a place to go out on a, go out on a limb and have a take. And now he's running from Kyle because he knows Kyle's not going to be on the show. So I just love this take in general. Kyle Hamilton will not be the first safety taken in the draft because teams will be worried about his athleticism. This is aggressive because everybody loves Kyle Hamilton, it seems. I understand wondering if he's a top 10 pick or not, right? I think he's probably on the outside looking in there, but the question here becomes what safety is going to jump him? Daxton Hill, Jaquan Brisker, those but, are the leading Lewis sign or Lewis seen from Georgia. But Joe, the problem I have with a take like this, and this isn't just, this is not a shot at you. This is just a shot at the idea of a take like this in general. This feels like an overreaction to the pro day numbers. Like, like have, have we been, have we been having this conversation since since November, December about Kyle Hamilton? Right. Like I know right. it's takes on takes and I, and I know like, you know, we, we get a little hot take here on the show and that's the point. But like I, this feels like a, a, a drastic overreaction to the pro day numbers where again, he, he wasn't that unathletic at the combine. Like he showed that he and just tape don't lie. Just throw on the film, man. Right. And if you want to if you want to have a nuanced conversation of I don't think Kyle Hamilton's a top 10 pick again, I can get on board with having that sure. conversation. But to say that some of the like by saying that, like you're telling me that Kyle Hamilton's going to fall outside the top twenty, and I just I, I, that I can't buy. I I, I cannot I co-sign that. You're at a four five nine at the combine. He's six four, two hundred twenty pounds safety. All right, like let's not act like he's not a unicorn. Watch watch the tape, see what this guy can do. Triggering from deep deep alignments, he's still really good in man coverage against tight ends. Good in zone. I think he can still really make a big time impact in the NFL. Like, I think this is a massive overreaction to the 40 time. I'm going to sneak one more in here real quick. This will be the last one that we sure. get to. And thank you to everybody who submitted takes. I know we can't get to all of them here on the show, uh, but very much appreciate it. We'll try to get you in next time. The Weekly Huddle Podcast tweeted in, uh, there will be more Pro Bowl receivers from this class than from 2020. And this is going to be a great segue for the close. So I'll let you answer the take and then I will segue. The, the 2020 class that was that? the No, that was 21. 2020 uh, is Devonta Smith and let me pull it no, up. That he was, was last year. 2020 NFL draft class. I will pull it up for you and I will tell you the Pro Bowlers. Please stand by. Okay, I'm you, standing I by. Full, I'll give you the full list here. Uh, th- that had three Pro Bowlers. It had Ceedee Lamb. It had Justin Jefferson and Devin Duvernay was a Pro Bowler, probably as a special mm. team or returner. So, but they had three Pro Bowl Pro Bowl wide receivers. Um. At what point? Like, at what point in the process? I would, I would. Well, well, I'm only looking at you know these three in the context of they were they were Pro Bowlers like the year they were drafted. Is that what is that the take? Like as rookies? I would. That, that's the way I would interpret. The okay, take. if it's if it's as rookies, I will say that there will not be three Pro Bowl rookies out of this wide receiver class. And I will I will agree with this take and, and segue it into you're getting two bonus episodes of Draft Dudes, uh, one later on today. Uh, which is tiering the AFC quarterbacks. And we have a conversation about the wide receiver uh, market and what that's going to do uh, to everything. And then on Sunday, you're getting a bonus episode that Joe and I did in which we talk about draft turning points, where in the draft things can turn on a dime, and 
We talk about that kind of take from the Weekly Huddle podcast. We talk about this wide receiver class in the context of what we have seen over the last couple of years and trying to maybe throw a little cold water on the idea of you can just go into the draft and immediately find a Pro Bowl stud wide receiver and we give you a little bit more context to it. So a very fun conversation that Joe and I had that you're going to hear over uh, the weekend. So Joe, uh, two bonus episodes for everybody coming uh, this week, this weekend as well. So just wanted to get that in there. But that is it. That is all it takes I have to get in here on the show today. Appreciate everyone for joining us. It's been a fun week here on the podcast. As always, we thank you for joining us. Would kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you again. Well, I guess over the weekend and our next show that we haven't recorded is coming out on Monday. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.